Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. One has called the Ten Commandments the tender commandments from a tender, loving, heavenly Father who does not want us doing anything that would bring harm and danger and hurt into our lives. Thou shalt not murder because of what murdering does to the murderer. Thou shalt not commit adultery because of what adultery does to the adulterer. Thou shalt not, why? Because I cannot stand to see you suffer the consequences. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Many people think that being a Christian is merely following a bunch of rules. But Pastor J.D. reminds us today that God's statutes weren't set up just because, but rather to save us from ourselves. God knows your nature and how you are prone to desire evil. He only wants to save his loved ones from the penalties of their actions. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the Inspired and Truth podcast or download the Inspired and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor JD in Proverbs chapter 13 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The friends you choose, you do not let them choose you because they're going to be attracted to you like steel to a magnet. They're going to choose you, but you don't let them choose you. You choose them and you be very careful. You've heard the expression, I'm sure, if you lie down with dogs, you come up with fleas. The righteous should choose his friends carefully. And we're told why, because the way of the wicked leads them astray. You're known by the company you keep. You might think, well, I'll be a good influence. Well, what what if you're not the good influence, but rather the influenced? Here it comes again, verse 27. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. In other words... (laughs) They're too lazy to clean the the game that they were able to hunt. Verse 28, in the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. And that certainly applies to eternity, doesn't it? Those that are in Christ will not see death. We're going to live forever for all eternity. So there's a common theme here in Proverbs 12, and it's really throughout the entire book, but it's that of how much hardship and difficulty we avoid in our lives when we walk in righteousness and wisdom. And I'll explain what I mean by that. You know, If we're honest with ourselves, we would have to admit that walking in obedience and righteousness is hard. To be obedient, to live a life of obedience is hard. It's not easy. If it were easy, everybody would do it, right? It is hard. But you know what's harder? Living a life of disobedience. When we get to verse 15, and we will, we're going to read that the path of the sinner is hard. 
Oh yeah, the path of the righteous, those who choose to walk wisely, live wisely, it's hard. It's not easy. Let's be honest. But (laughs) you know what's harder? Is walking in the path or the way of foolishness, the way of unrighteousness. It is infinitely more difficult. And please don't envy the unrighteous. When you look at their life and you're going through a trial in your life and it looks like they're having the time of their life. I think of the psalmist in Psalm 73. He almost lost his faith. He was so stumbled by this and so confused by this that he even says, I didn't even want to talk to God's people because I didn't want to mess them up. Well, what what messed him up? Oh, he's looking at the unrighteous, the way of the wicked, and it seems like they have no problems. They have no troubles. Everything's going just great for them. Everything they touch turns to gold. I mean, they're just going on like no problem. No problems in life. And here I am, I'm living righteously, and I've got nothing but problems. I look at them, and it's like I've been righteous in vain. I mean, look at the unrighteous. Look at their life. And he's comparing his life, walking righteously, to the way of the wicked. And they're prospering. You know, they're pulling up in a brand new Mercedes, and he's driving a Toyota. (laughs) I mean, it's like they prosper, and I'm hanging on by a thread. That's not fair. And he finally came to his senses. He said, I was envying the prosperity of the wicked. I was comparing how hard my life is to how easy their life seems to be. And it wasn't until I entered the sanctuary of the Lord, and the Lord showed me their end. And that's when I came to my senses. (laughs) I've not cleansed my hands in vain. I've not walked in righteousness in vain. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard, difficult life, but you have no idea what they're dealing with. It might look on the outside, to be like everything's okay, but you have no idea what's really going on in their life. All right, Proverbs 13. A wise son, verse 1, heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Again, carries the same idea of one, the fool, the scoffer, the unrighteous who will not receive correction. They will not listen to a rebuke but it's the wise one who will heed instruction. And keep in mind that Solomon is writing this as a father to his son. And it is a beautiful portrait of our heavenly father to us as his children. A wise son, a wise daughter, if you prefer, heeds the Father's instruction. Verse 2, a man shall eat well by the, here it is again, the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. He who guards his mouth 
preserves his life. But, (laughs) I love the descriptive nature of this one, he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. The big mouth, the one who talks too much. Verse 4, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. Do you get the idea that God hates laziness? But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. A righteous man, verse 5, hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and comes to shame. You know, as we're going through these, and I'm going to try to get through them as quick as I can without hurrying too much. I don't want us to miss anything. But, you know, these are principles, these are truths that you don't break, they break you. Let me say the same thing in a different way. You go up against this, you're not going to break it or get away with it. It's going to break you. These are just truths. You lie, you lose. You speak truth, you win. You're blessed. You're lazy, you lose. You're diligent, you're a hard worker, oh, you're going to be blessed. A righteous man, verse 5, hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome, loathes it, and comes to shame. Righteousness, verse 6, guards him whose way is blameless. Do not see blameless as being synonymous with sinless. Blameless means to be walking uprightly in integrity. But wickedness overthrows the sinner. Verse 7, there is one who makes himself rich yet has nothing, and one who makes himself poor yet has great riches. Reminds me of a true story. This is many, many years ago on the mainland. A young man in jeans and a t-shirt, walks into a Cadillac dealership. And none of the salesmen would give him the time of day. They're probably looking at him like, oh, he's here applying, you know, for a job as a lot boy to wash the cars or, you know. And so nobody even bothers to, you know, greet him. Then finally, one of the newer young salesmen walks up to the kid and says, hey, is there anything I can do to help you? To which the Kid says, well, as a matter of fact, there is. And he pulls out of his pocket a piece of paper. It's a list. He says, my dad sent me in to order, special order, custom order, all of these Cadillacs, several of which are going to be Cadillac limousines. Can you help me with that? I don't know why I got so much of a kick out of that, but probably has something to do with the fact that I worked for Mercedes-Benz for a number of years. And you would never make that judgment when somebody walked into that Mercedes-Benz dealership, and we got a a Mercedes sitting there on the showroom floor with a sticker price of over $100,000, and in walks the guy that looks like he couldn't buy anything actually there. And what what are you doing here? And you know, the, the, the guys that, that I didn't want to talk to was the guy that would walk in with the bling and the suit, walk in and, nah, he's, he's pretending to be rich. He can't buy that. 
is usually the one that you would never think. Again, one of these truths. This is true. Verse 8, the ransom of a man's life is his riches, but the poor does not hear rebuke. Uh, Maybe I can just say it this way. If you're poor, you don't ever have to worry about your kids being kidnapped for ransom. Okay, verse (laughs) 9. But there's another part to that too. Riches ransom your life, and we're going to see that come up again too. (laughs) The riches that one gets in life takes the very life of the one who got the riches in life. It ransoms their life. Verse 9, the light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. Verse 10, by pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Whenever you have conflict, whenever you have fighting, striving, arguing, yelling, you can be rest assured without exception that pride is at the core of it. What causes James likened unto the New Testament book of Proverbs? What causes fights and quarrels amongst you? It's all pride. What is pride? In its simplest form, pride is thinking more highly of yourself than the other. And that's what causes the strife. You'll always find pride wherever you find strife. Verse 11, wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. In other words, you try to get rich in a dishonest way, enjoy it while it lasts, because it ain't going to last. I know that's not proper English, but that's the JDV, (laughs) that verse. Verse 12, this is so true. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. He who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. The law, verse 14, of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Did you catch that? It's for our protection. God wants to protect us. He loves us. As our loving Heavenly Father, He has these laws, His Word, His commandments. They're there to protect us. One has called the Ten Commandments the tender commandments from a tender, loving, heavenly Father who does not want us doing anything that would bring harm and danger and hurt into our lives. Thou shalt not murder because of what murdering does to the murderer. Thou shalt not commit adultery because of what adultery does to the adulterer. Thou shalt not, why? Because I cannot stand to see you suffer the consequences because I love you. Verse 15, good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. The path of the sinner, as another translation renders it, is hard. Every prudent man, verse 16, acts with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. 
A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. Verse 18, poverty and shame will come to him who (laughs) disdains correction. How many times are we going to have to hear it? The one who hates to be corrected is stupid. Okay, I said it one last time. I said I wouldn't. I just did. You disdain correction. You hate correction. Shame on you. Shame will come on you. And guess what? So will poverty too. How about that? You hate correction. You disdain. You loathe it. You reject it. You won't receive it. Look at the contrast. But he who regards a rebuke will be honored. A desire, verse 19, accomplished is sweet to the soul. But, here's that word again, it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. Verse 20, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Again, you're known by the company you keep. You keep wise company, you'll be wise. You keep the company of fools, you're going to be foolish. Verse 21, evil pursues sinners. That's interesting. But to the righteous, good shall be repaid. This is one of those Proverbs, we'll see this come up again too. What you pursue, pursues you. Again, a truth that you don't go against and break, it breaks you. Try to go up against it. If you can pursue evil, pursue sin, and not have it pursue you in turn. Oh, it will. You go looking for it, don't worry. It'll come looking for you. And the same thing is true for righteousness. You pursue righteousness, righteousness pursues you. What you pursue, pursues you. Verse 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, his grandchildren. But the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. I have to ask you, it's more, more on the mainland, because you know, you'll see it on RVs and you know, these big, I mean, you know, $300,000, $400,000, you know, recreational vehicles are basically a house on wheels. I, you know, these are beautiful inside <laughs> and very expensive. When I was on the mainland, I used to see these bumper stickers on the back of these expensive RVs. We are spending our children's inheritance. Well, that's not very nice. In fact, it says here that it's, it's the good man, the good parent, that leaves an inheritance to spend their kids' or their grandkids' inheritance. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. I'm going to create a bumper sticker and go to the mainland and put them on the back. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for them. Verse 23, much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice there is waste. In other words, there's the potential, but there's the lack. Verse 24, don't have time. It'll come up again. We'll deal with it later. But again, it's a truth. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Let me just say very quickly, and we'll bring it to an end in verse 25. When it comes to discipline, corporal punishment, if you will, we should never discipline in anger. 
If we love our children, we will discipline them. We will not spare the rod or spare the spoon, as it was in our home. Our boys would take and hide them, so we couldn't find them. So we just found something else. We didn't want to use our hand, because as one said, the hand should never be seen as the object of the discipline. The hand should always be seen as an object of love and reaching out. So you use the rod, the switch, the spoon. Those wooden spoons, I'll tell you, very effective, those wooden spoons. But again, we'll talk about this when it comes up again. Verse 25, the righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul, but the stomach of the wicked shall be in want. They're never satiated. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall never be in want. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. Well, here again in this chapter, and it's really throughout the entirety of this book, there are so many life lessons to be learned. But again, there's a prerequisite, there's a qualifier, and that qualifier is we have to apply it. We have to apply the wisdom. Otherwise, it's just knowledge, it's just information. It's this, these golden rich nuggets of truth. But unless we apply them to our lives, and the sooner the better. You know what's sad? Is that many, not only do they not, I mean, apply it early in life, some never do. And as a result, they suffer needlessly the consequences of their folly. And again, I always imagine God as a loving Heavenly Father that wants to spare us of the needless suffering of the consequences that always come when we violate the truths and the wisdom of His Word and the correction of His Word. He doesn't want any more, in fact, how much more so for our Heavenly Father How about us as earthly parents? Do we want to see our children suffer unnecessarily, the consequences of their folly, their their foolish decisions, their bad mistakes? It kills us. Have you ever heard that? A parent is only as happy as their saddest child. I mean, it's so true. If our children are suffering or hurting or struggling, it kills us. It kills us. How much more our Heavenly Father, which is why He wants us to take heed to His Word and apply the truths of His Word. Proverbs is a book of action. The sage life applications written in its pages not only give you something to think about, but they inspire you to act upon what you've read. As you continue to study this book with Pastor J.D., approach each nugget of wisdom prayerfully, asking God to show you how you can incorporate it into your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word. We'd be honored to be praying for you during this study. Would you let us know how we could be doing that for you? You can connect with us by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com, and clicking on Contact under the About tab. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You're welcome to interact with us there. 
Pastor J.D.'s teachings are also available on YouTube. Links to all of these are available at our website. Are you part of a church? We want to encourage you to find and begin regularly attending a church in your area if you haven't already. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. That website also houses all of Pastor J.D.'s teachings, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. It can help you start a conversation with someone you love. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth study of Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth.